Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael, and I'm very happy to see you all here today. Uh, today is the first Sunday in Advent, um, and uh, the weather did not keep all of us away, although I know for some people it's harder depending on the kind of car you drive or how far off a main road you are. So thank you for those of you who are able to make it, and uh, we are grateful for those who chose not to maybe risk the drive because um, some of those ditches are, are big and you can disappear into them. Um, and if you drive a white-colored car, then you're really in trouble. So um, I'm going to hand everything over here now to Diana, um, and she's going to tell you some stuff going on. Good morning. Um, in the announcements, it tells you that the bell choir, um, they're wanting to get that going. Anyone 10 years of age or older who is interested in ringing bells for Christmas Eve, please contact Kim Greenfield, and the number is there. Um, they're also looking to continue the bell choir past Christmas, and that can be discussed with Kim also. Martha would like to plan some special music for Christmas. If you're interested in singing or playing the bells, please see her after worship. No music skills needed for playing the bells. Poinsettias for Christmas. If you'd like to purchase a Christmas poinsettia to be placed on the altar in honor or memory of a loved one, the cost is $12. Please see the sign-up sheet in the narthex. We have four families with eight children. There will be ornaments on the angel tree for individual needs, and the following items are helpful, too. Gas cards for medical issues, gift certificates, money to purchase gifts. All need to be to the church by December 19th. If you have questions, contact the office or Diane Gieske. Um, hat mitten scarf tree, we're doing this also, and the tree is out there in the narthex. We are able to help our local veterans. You can leave donations at Signature Sewing Downtown Clinton. Items needed are individually wrapped food items, $5 gift cards to any fast food restaurant, crossword puzzle books, socks, underwear, and items are needed for both men and women. We're still looking for people to help with the weekly cleaning. If you're available to help, check the list that is on the table in the gym. Just initial what you've done, and thanks for your help. Just, are all the yard signs cleaned up? Okay, okay, never mind that. The Christmas pageant in Potluck on December 12th, Kelly and the children will present a Christmas program for us during worship. After worship, there will be a Potluck fellowship time. Please sign up in the narthex what you'll be bringing. From 1.30 to 3, Santa and Mrs. Claus will join us for photos and Christmas wishes. This will also be open to the community. Hot cocoa and candy canes will be offered Good photo opportunity. Christmas past room is pretty well cleaned out. If, as you're decorating this year, keep us in mind. Any items that you don't want any longer, you can bring in at any time. Thanks to all who helped with the hanging of the greens. The Sewing Club. We are meeting every Thursday morning at 10. Stay as long as you can. We have lots of sorting to do and can use extra hands. Our mission is, quilt, is to make quilts to pass out. Um, that's going to be an ongoing thing. If you're not a sewer, you can iron, you can sew. Lots of things to do if you don't feel comfortable actually sewing. 
There is no line dancing. That was last week. Okay, and next week is Communion Sunday. Please stand and join me in the call to worship. Christ, the one who was and is and is to come, welcomes you to this place. As one body with one voice, we honor and glorify the giver of wisdom, counsel, knowledge, and joy. Amen. So be it. Our first hymn is Angels We Have Heard on High, number 238 in your hymnal. Yeah. 
Please join me in our opening prayer. O root of Jesse, O peace, stir up your power within us, that in this time we may await with abundant expectation the fulfillment of your eternal presence in creation. For you live and reign among us, maker, savior, and giver of life, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated, and we will now begin our Advent meditation. A time of reflection. The promises of God that are coming to fulfillment in Christ should compel people to confess their sins. John asks us to examine ourselves rather than bask in holiday wonder. We should bear good fruit rather than worry about material things to get or give. John is almost a comical figure dressed in camel's hair and eating locusts and wild honey, but his message is hard-hitting. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repentance is a confusing concept to many Christians today. Does it mean feeling sorry for our mistakes? Is it a matter of trying to be a better person? Is repentance something that we even need to do if our lives are now hidden with Christ our Savior? What John and Advent remind us is that repentance is not primarily about our standards of moral worthiness, but rather about God's desire to realign us to accord with Christ's life. Repentance is not so much about our guilt feelings as about God's power to, to, to transform us into Christ's image. For Matthew, John's strange clothes and harsh sayings are necessary aspects of communicating the full meaning of the gospel. While warm and fuzzy feelings at Christmas time are not all wrong, they fail to capture the full picture of what God has done for us in becoming human flesh. Where are your priorities out of alignment with God's? Turn me back to you, O God, and transform me in the Im image of your Son. Amen. The candles on this wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a litur litur liturgical. liturgical thank you, color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. The first candle, which is purple, symbolizes hope. It is sometimes called the prophecy candle in remembrance of the prophets, especially Isaiah, who foretold the birth of Christ. It represents the expectation felt in anticipation of the coming Messiah. For our Advent song, we're going to have uh, Martha play through it once, um, and then we will sing it.
with Christmas lights. Please stand as we recite the affirmation of faith. We believe that God has come to us, that God brought us into being, that this God gave us breath and purpose, that we have been blessed to be a blessing to others, that we have fallen short of this commandment, but that God has nevertheless loved us despite our brokenness. We believe that God is coming to us, that God is not happy to leave us alone, that this God will come to us as a particular human being, that God will be made known to us in flesh and bone like ours, that Mary will soon give birth, and Joseph will soon clap his hands in joy, that Jesus Christ will be born and our salvation made complete. We believe that God will come to us, that God will have the final word, and that word will be good, that this God will give us the presence of the Spirit to continue our work, that we are called to be disciples to all corners of the earth, that the day is coming when tears and pain will be no more and all will gather at the table to sing an endless and perfect Alleluia. You may be seated. We bear fruit worthy of our repentance when we give our tithes and offerings for the well-being of the poor.
you would please join me in our doxology and please rise as you are able. give you thanks, Holy One, for all good things, for this universe and for earth itself, for creatures and plants, for water and food, for light and darkness, for Jesus, our brother, who enlarged our vision, setting himself before us as the bread and wine of abundant life, and for the Holy Spirit who comes to us in baptism and moves in our midst with the power to lead us to you. Turn our offerings to your goodwill and turn us always to you in gratitude. Amen. Please remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 240, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. and with 
may be seated. It is time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite our children and youth to come up and grab a chair. morning. I like sitting this way in this chair. It's more comfortable and it's how my youth leader used to do it when I was a kid. So, so how's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm with you. Especially after some of the stuff on the news lately. Um, so it snowed outside. Who is hoping for snow? Yeah, me too. This is my favorite time of year. I like to tell the adults my favorite time of year is fall, but it's really winter, because um, they look at me like I'm crazy. But um, what are some other things you guys are hoping for? Could be anything, yeah. You're hoping for hot chocolate. I like the way she thinks. She's on the right track. What are you hoping for? Presents, yeah. What are you hoping for? More hot chocolate. I'm noticing a theme. Anybody else? What are you hoping for? Yes. Making cookies. I'm going home with Nicole's family. All right, so there are a lot of things that we can hope for. Um, and sometimes they happen, and sometimes they don't. And I grew up in Illinois just outside of Chicago. Um, and for a very, very long time, there were a lot of people, not just in Chicago, actually across the whole country, but mostly in Chicago, who were really, really hoping for something to happen. And it took over 100 years. But the Cubs finally won a World Series again. And so we were really happy about that and excited because a lot of us didn't think we'd see it in our lifetime. Um, and I'm not holding my breath for another one before my time is done. But um, there's a lot of different things we can hope for. And when it's something that we're excited that we're hoping for that would be like good news, so like that maybe we're getting some hot chocolate or we're going to bake some cookies or we're going to get some presents, um, that's the stuff we can get excited about. And today, in a little while, I'm going to uh, read from the Bible to the adults about some stuff um, that people were excited about and hopeful for. Um, but one of the people in the story, he didn't, he didn't think it was going to happen. He didn't believe the person who came and told him about this amazing thing that was going to happen. And so because of that, he wasn't able to talk until it happened. So he couldn't speak at all. Can you guys imagine that, not being able to talk? Have you guys ever lost your voice before? No? I've lost my voice a couple times. It's usually when I, when I have like a cold or something and it's at the end, I start to lose my voice. And you'll probably hear it at some point in the next couple months because I will probably get a cold. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Right, and it's hard when you don't have a voice, right? Because then it's hard to get for people to understand what you're trying to tell them, right? Okay. Gotcha. Well, this, this guy, he couldn't talk for over nine months. That's a long time not to be able to talk. But when the thing that he was told was going to happen happened, he could talk again. And not only did he talk, but he went around praising God and telling people all the good things about what was happening. He was really excited about that. So sometimes someone might tell us about something good that's going to happen, but we might not know how soon it's going to happen. And so sometimes we just have to trust them that whatever it is they said was going to happen will happen. So like hot chocolate, I'm going to go ahead and say that at some point you guys are going to get hot chocolate. I can't tell you when because that's not up to me. But you can trust me that at some point you will get hot chocolate. Yes. You have no arms. That would be hard to drink hot chocolate. You better find them. Um, and I think it's probably pretty safe to say that you're going to get to bake cookies at some point. I can't tell you exactly when, but I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure you guys are going to get some presents this year. Um, that one you probably have a rough idea of when that's going to happen. Um, but you never know. There could be surprises, uh, surprises in between and stuff. Yes. You're getting hot chocolate for Christmas. Good deal. Okay. So I'm following that family home. Oh, very nice. Yes. All right. Well, you'll, you'll have to have it again, especially the kind with little marshmallows in it. All right, so there are a lot of things that people may tell you about that are going to happen, and we're going to really, really hope that the good ones do. And there's something that God has told us was going to happen, and that was that Jesus is going to come and do some amazing things, and we know that already happened. So we can trust God. So does that sound pretty good? Yeah? I know... They, uh, you probably have heard me or some of the other adults at some point say that Advent, which is where we are right now, is a season of anticipation because we're waiting for Jesus. But I remember when I was your age, I was waiting for the presence. So that's okay. It's something to look forward to and be excited about. But we have to also remember that we're looking forward to Jesus coming and all the good stuff he's going to do. Okay? Does that sound pretty good? Awesome. All right. We got to do one more thing. We got to do the Lord's Prayer, and then I'm going to send you off to Sunday school. And I have a question. Do you guys want to do it where I say part of it and you repeat me, or do we want to just say it all the way through, all together? All together, all the way through. You think we can do it? I think we can do it. We've been doing this for a little bit now. Okay, you ready? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom 
and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are awesome. And Miss Diana over there has some suckers. Um, and then head off to Sunday school. I'm sure there's all kinds of fun things waiting for you. All right, this morning we uh, have some prayer requests. Um, first of all, and I, I think this was already mentioned last week, um, but we want to apologize again to any of the families uh, whose loved ones who have passed on that we failed to mention on All Saints uh, Sunday, especially the families of Al Beatty, Teresa Cooley, Jeanette Greenfield, Victor. Uh, Gunther, Nancy Martin, uh, Duan Berlitz, Terry Ross, and Jay Terziskiewicz. I hope I didn't butcher that too bad. Um, so um, we have an update on Fred. Um, he's going to have to wear a neck, neck brace forever. His, his bones are not fusing the way they had uh, intended them to. Um, and he will be in assisted living. Uh, there's a new address there. Um, so if you'd like to send him cards, please, uh, please use that new address. Um, Wilda is still at home recovering, uh, seems to continue to get better. Uh, so prayers still for her and Paul. Um, prayers for Inez, Rosemary's older sister uh, passed away. Um, on the 10th, so please keep her and her family in your prayers. Uh, prayers for uh, Sue Reese's family. Her sister, Diana Snyder, passed away. Um, she would have been fighting COVID amidst some other things. Uh, we have continued prayer for Molly, um, healing prayers as she's continuing with cancer treatment. Um, we are, of course, continuing to pray for the families of the two uh, seniors who lost their lives in the automobile accident back in September, um, as well as the uh, two boys who are continuing to uh, recover and try and get back to what normal life might look like. Uh, prayers for Noah. Um, he has a growth that has returned behind his eye and will need surgery. Uh, we have prayers of joy uh, for uh, Lakinta Walker, she delivered her baby girl, Layla, uh, four weeks early. She weighed only one pound, uh, but she has gained two pounds so far. Um, and uh, Dad was able to hold her recently, so they're very hopeful for her to continue to grow and uh, get healthy. Um, we have also prayers for uh, the... Uh, for excuse me, for uh, the passing of Raymond, a family friend of Luann and Rick's who passed away um, on the 22nd. Um, we also have prayers for Nancy, Alice's sister, who's having trouble adjusting to her move to an assisted living facility. So prayers that 
um, that she'll be able to uh, feel more comfortable, more, more at home there. And then we also have one more thing. We have a birthday today. Um, Sue Hartag's birthday is today. She turned 21, so buy her a drink. I mean, uh, um, but no, prayers joyful for another birthday for her um, uh, and to be with us uh, on that. If you would please join me now in an attitude of prayer. Let us pray to the Lord, saying, Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We come to you this day, O God, with a deepening anticipation of your birth among us. We thank you for the gift of your love. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for the church throughout the world and for all the ministries that build up the body of Christ, that in our many vocations we may serve to your glory. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for this nation and for all nations, remembering especially those who are victims of political and social injustice. We pray for elected officials and all leaders that they will govern with courage and equity. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for all in need, for the sick, the destitute, and the dying, for the strangers in our land, for the invisible ones, for the elderly and children, for parents and grandparents, for those who live alone and those who live lonely in the midst of family. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We remember with mercy those who sleep without shelter, cold and vulnerable, lacking enough food, those who are overworked and those who have no work. Stir up in us the capacity to see ourselves in their struggles and to act so that others may have abundant life. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We pray for this community, for our neighbors and friends, and for those with whom we study and work. Guide and strengthen all people in our common life to know the gifts of your grace and love. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. We give thanks for the saints who have gone before us, asking that our gratitude for their witness be apparent in all that we do. Hear us, O God, your mercy is great. May all that we ask and all that you see is needed in our world be given to your people through Christ our Lord. Amen. And if you would join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Your word, holy God, was written for our instruction. By your Holy Spirit, open our ears and fill us with the mysteries of your ancient love. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading this morning is Isaiah 7, 14, 11, 2 through 4, 53, 5, and 61, 1 in the NRSV. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. 
that the spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight will be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we are healed. The Spirit, the good news of deliverance. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is It Came Upon Midnight Clear, number 218 in your hymnal.
be seated. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the gospel of John, or sorry, the gospel of Luke. Uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 25, this section of text is headed, the birth of John the Baptist foretold. In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once, when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him, to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, words which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and for five months she remained in seclusion. She said, this is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, thanks be to God. If you would please join me again in an attitude of prayer. God who offers hope to the hopeless, love to the unlovable, and grace to the undeserving, we come to you this Advent season humbled by what we anticipate. We await the birth of your Son, our Savior, who will do many miraculous things on earth and then offer the ultimate sacrifice for the salvation of the world. We ask that your Holy Spirit might walk with us throughout this season and help us to hear where you call, see what you would show us, and continue to share your love and grace with all the world. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, here we are, the first Sunday in Advent. We have officially entered into the church's season of anticipation and hope. Over the coming weeks, we will continue to celebrate this time that leads us into Christmas and the coming birth of the Savior. And we're going to be looking at one particular creation of God that has served many different roles throughout Scripture, but has been especially front and center during this season. Today we begin our Advent and Christmas sermon series titled Angels with a Message. Now, I created this series many years ago, but I'm not going to just re-preach or rehash um, what I have done in the past. Rather, I took um, a lot of time to rewrite, re-research, re-examine, re-exegete all of the scripture passages and commentaries and things that come with these stories we're going to be focusing on. Now, as I alluded to, and I'm guessing you've already figured out, we're going to be looking at God's creatures we know as angels and their work during these seasons and times in Scripture, uh, especially in the passages that we relate to this season. One of the critical doorways into the vision of Advent and Christmas is opened for us by angels. Angels are found everywhere during this time. In fact, the largest concentration of angels anywhere in the Bible occurs right here in their rebuking, informing, encouraging, guiding, protecting, advising, and most of all, worship. And when we look at it, Their presence and message did precisely back then what we desire right now today for ourselves and for all people. These angels transformed the vision of ordinary people who were just going about their daily routines by revealing to them that the living God was in fact entering the world. And in the case of the shepherds, as we will focus on Uh, in the coming weeks, the living God was coming practically right in their neighborhood. From a rigid priest to a baffled young virgin to a strict fiancé to common shepherds and several others, they were all met with messages by angels. The impact on each of them was profoundly life-changing. 
So we ask ourselves if these people could be led to see the incarnation through the angel's eyes, are we not also invited to do the same? So this morning, as we look at our message titled A Message of Hope, and we begin in the Gospel of Luke, as we just heard, with the story of the foretelling of the birth of John the Baptist. Now again, Zechariah is a priest during the days of King Herod of Judea. He's married to Elizabeth, who is a descendant of Aaron. And he was on duty in the temple. He enters the sanctuary of the Lord to offer incense. And while, as we are told in Scripture, the whole assembly of the people were outside praying, an angel of the Lord appears to Zechariah at the right side of the altar. Zechariah sees the angel and is terrified. We're told he's overwhelmed, which is almost like pretty much everyone else in Scripture that we read about when they encounter an angel. Now, I don't want to get off topic exactly here, but for a quick moment, have you ever wondered why people seem to be frightened of angels? I know that when I was younger, I assumed it was just because they kind of appeared out of nowhere, and they were probably glowing, they had the halo and the wings and you know, probably a harp or something. I figured it was either that or because their appearances were known to happen throughout history, but they were so rare throughout time, it was kind of frightening to actually be able to say you had that encounter. And either or both of those things could be true, at least in some situations. We tend to think of angels as looking like people, wearing white robes with big white wings, halo, the harp, or maybe a trumpet. I will be honest, for a good portion of my life as a child, I was convinced that angels looked just like precious moments because my grandmother had a collection that would fill this room. Um, and so that's just what I thought angels looked like, little kids, and they were happy and, you know. But angels are described in some other ways in scripture. The cherubim or cherub. These angels are described in Ezekiel chapter 1 verses 4 through 11 in this way. As I looked, a stormy wind came out of the north, a great cloud with brightness around it, and fire flashing forth continually. And in the middle of the fire, something like gleaming amber in the middle of it was something like four living creatures. This was their appearance. They were of human form. Each had four faces, and each of them had four wings. Their legs were straight, and the soles of their feet were like the sole of a calf's foot. And they sparkled like burnished bronze. Under their wings on their four sides, they had, a, they had human hands. And the four had their faces and their wings thus. Their wings touched one another. Each of them moved straight ahead without turning as they moved. As for the appearance of their faces, the four had the face of a human being, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. Their wings were spread out above. Each creature had two wings, each of which touched the wing of another. 
while two covered their bodies. Now, seraphim angels are described in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 2, as seraphs were in attendance above him, each had six wings. With two they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. Now, there are other creatures mentioned in Scripture that may or may not be angels, depending on um, who you read and what you subscribe to, including in a section of Ezekiel that describes uh, wheels with eyes that some believe um, are angels. That's in chapter 1, verses 15 through 21. And there are biblical scholars and historians that believe there are also angels who seem to be strictly messengers for God, and they are the closest looking to human, but there is no mention of them having wings necessarily in scripture. Gabriel is the angel that we encounter here in Luke and in several other places throughout scripture specifically named while delivering a message to someone. So given some of those descriptions of angels and the assumption of them having some kind of otherworldly aura or appearance, no matter how humanoid, it doesn't seem all that surprising that someone who encounters an angel might be frightened or just caught off guard at their sudden appearance and being scared or surprised like you would expect someone to be when something just kind of pops out of nowhere. Okay, so back to Zachariah and Elizabeth. So this angel appears to Zachariah, and he tells him something very important. Do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, is going to bear you a son, and you're going to name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink, even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And yes, as we heard, Zechariah is skeptical or confused at this declaration because both he and Elizabeth are old. Although we're not told how old they actually are. We're just told they're getting on in years. And because he doesn't believe right away, Gabriel makes him unable to speak until John is born. But this message brings hope and it, it brings it to many people and in many ways. Let's start first with Elizabeth. In verse 25, she says, This is what the Lord has done for me when he looked favorably on me and took away the disgrace I have endured among my people. When Elizabeth gets pregnant with John, she is finally going to be able to give Zechariah a child, which was a really big part of a wife's duty back in those days. So Elizabeth finds hope for her and Zachariah, as well as hope in no longer being a disgrace in her community or 
potentially hurting his position as a priest by them not having a child. And while it's really unfortunate in light of modern times that Elizabeth had to deal with all these negative attitudes and whatnot, it was the reality of the time she lived in. Now, Zechariah also finds hope in this message from Gabriel. And I would argue that he finds hope in, in two ways or perspectives. First, he shares the hope that Elizabeth does as they are now going to have a child and, and she's not going to be looked upon poorly by their community and, and their lives are going to be more full and their family will be more full and, and everything is going to be really awesome. And I base that on the fact that Gabriel says in verse 14, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. But then, there's another perspective of hope that while it's not specifically mentioned, I really truly believe is still there somewhere in the background. Gabriel continues in verse 15 through 17 saying, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit he will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, as a parent, this sounds, this sounds really good. You find out your child is going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He's going to turn the people back to the Lord and, and help people prepare for the Lord. And then as a priest, someone who would have been witness to how the people had waned in their worship of God, their, their following of the commandments and the law, their, their shrinking attention to God, this has to bring Zachariah some hope. Finally, someone is going to come along and help bring the people back to God and help them to be better followers, to prepare for God, to revive the people in their faith. Trust me, this is a message of hope. And there's even something of a hidden message of hope, depending on how carefully you are listening or reading this section of Scripture, specifically in verses 16 and 17. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children, blah, 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 blah. He will go before him. Him, as in Jesus, the coming Savior and Messiah. Now, whether or not Zechariah understood that Gabriel was talking about the Savior, the coming Messiah, and not even specifically necessarily Jesus, but just this promised Messiah that the people had been waiting on forever, we don't really know because it's not told to us. We don't know what Zechariah fully took away from this encounter and this message. But that message of hope is present here, too. Gabriel gets to bring this message 
several times, depending on which gospel you are reading and which translation. But it may be a different kind of message depending on the recipient. In this instance, we have a message of hope. Hope for a soon-to-be mother and a soon-to-be father. Hope for a priest and a people. Hope for the world for countless years to come. Gabriel's message brought hope for many people at the time it was delivered, and it continues to bring us hope after all these years as we venture through the season of Advent and move closer to the season of Christmas. A hope for all people and all creation. A hope overflowing with potential and possibilities and one that continues to shape generation after generation in faith and grace. A hope unlike any other that had ever been and ever will be. Amen. Our closing hymn is going to be number 211. Uh, we'll do verses 1 through 4, and I invite everyone to rise as you are able.
Beloved children of God, may the God of steadfastness, there we go, and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with one voice glorify the Lord and God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, May the God of help fill you with all joy and believing in peace so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit now and forevermore. Amen. Just wanted to say one thing uh, about the bell choir. You don't have to sing to play bells. All you have to do is be able to count one, two, three, four, one, two, three. We would love to have a bunch so we could do something on Christmas Eve. So please get with me. I'm saying kids, 10 through adult. But, I mean, if you've got a, a good kid, 8 or 9, that can count and, and is, is with it, great. So just, uh, you know, let me know so we can figure out a night to rehearse and, you know, so we can have some special music on Christmas Eve. And hopefully we can do this, like, maybe play every couple of months afterwards. So please let me know.